Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. One of the most common questions I get from new students is how can they study or learn Aikido between classes? They get very eager to learn more and want to learn as much as they can. It's great when people show so much enthusiasm for growth. This is something I felt when I took up Aikido as well. My mind was focused on learning Aikido beyond the three and four classes a week that I was attending. In the first five years I studied Aikido, I missed only two classes. One was a family obligation, and the other one I was too sick to attend. While I realize I took on learning Aikido with an unusually high level of dedication, the idea of studying and practicing at home or between classes is common enough that sharing some ideas about it is worthwhile. There are certainly many ways to put that passion and interest to good use. If you are asked about it as an instructor or a senior, be careful about pouring cold water on a new person's enthusiasm. I've heard practitioners say things like, Aikido really needs a partner for you to practice. This is partially true. Aikido is about reading posture and movement, influencing and manipulating posture and balance, and building an understanding of pressure. All of these do require a partner to practice. However, there are many things you can practice without needing a partner. I'll start with the obvious, and one which is usually the first question, and that is, books about Aikido. I was like many beginners who were interested in books about Aikido just after I started training. I admit I went a bit overboard into the book buying, and I picked up books not only on Aikido, but on Daitoru Aikijujutsu and other marginally related topics. I also admit I've always loved studying, and to me, more books are always better. What I found was that books were very limited in their usefulness. They really didn't help me in the beginning phases of my Aikido training. At most, reading through them helped build my vocabulary for Aikido with being able to recognize and memorize the names of techniques. My conclusion on this was that the books were not enough help with the vocabulary to justify the cost of the books themselves. There were some good books that I picked up, and there were some turkeys in there too. I found studying the student handbook I was given and searching online for the full Japanese vocabulary used in Aikido as being far more productive. I had no Japanese language background and felt like a fish out of water when faced with the attack names, the technique names, terms, and names of the areas of the body which are used in Aikido. I took them on as a study so that I could memorize them in fairly short order. To do this, I used the technique of writing them down myself. It's shown that if you write down information that you want to remember with pen and paper, it's the most effective way to commit it to memory. This was most useful for the Japanese words for the areas of the body, basic terminology, and numbers. The reason I took up online research and didn't rely on the student handbook I was provided was that the student handbook seemed to lack a few terms which I came across. My solution was to search more and collect more information. What I found was that the vocabulary and nomenclature used in Aikido is not universal. The terms are similar, but organizations and dojos often use slightly different terminology from one another. Probably the best example of this is the use of omote and ura, or front and back, versus irimi and tenkan, which is enter and turn. As I understand it, omote and ura have slightly alternate meanings. Omote means obvious or plain, and ura means obscure or hidden. The Japanese language has many nuances and meanings to words which are not obvious. From the Aikido perspective, omote and ura are usually taught as front and back. I learned this later because the organization I was in used the terms irimi and tenkan. The first instinct is to ask which terminology is correct and which one is wrong. Neither is wrong, really. They are slightly different ways of describing the same thing. 
When you execute a technique to the front, omote, you are almost always entering, or irimi. Likewise, when you are going around uke's back, ura, there is almost always a turn, tenkan, involved. This is something I was never taught directly by an instructor, but surmised from studying and learning how different practitioners did the same movement, yet described it with different terminology. A few techniques have different names from organization to organization, but most of the rest of the vocabulary is pretty much the same. This is something that is not only possible to study outside of class, I think is far more productive to study on your own. You can make up flashcards if you would like, or use the pen and paper method. Even just reading up on the vocabulary and working to memorize the terms as best you can will be time well spent. I'd recommend not bothering with trying to learn technique from books. If you want to indulge your interest and curiosity by reading about techniques and studying the pictures, that's fine. I think you'll find that time on the mat under the direction of your instructor is the only way to get familiar with technique. What you can use techniques in a book for is to ask your instructor about it if you are interested in learning a particular one. Your instructor will probably get to it in time, so even this is probably not something you will need to do. What I've described covers the scholarly studies, but what about the physical? Actually practicing the movements and getting the body built up for Aikido. The most common response I've heard from instructors is to practice the Aikitaiso at home. Aikitaiso are body movement exercises some organizations use in the beginning of class. Aikitaiso provide three benefits. One, they warm the body up a bit. Two, they remind the body how to move. And three, they give repetitions for the body to hone the movements themselves. I think this last benefit is the most important over the long term for building good movement. If your dojo does not teach or practice Aikitaiso, that's no problem. Aikitaiso are merely movements used in Aikido techniques. Any movement you do can be turned into an Aikitaiso. So just practicing techniques alone can be considered a type of Aikitaiso practice. You can use these exercises to hone your movements, balance, and posture. Like learning anything, the more you do something, the better you will be at it. Your movement will improve a great deal when you practice a little every day rather than only a few times per week. Even 5 or 10 minutes every day with movement practice will provide notable benefits. A good instructor will point out things to be attentive of in your movements, as well as mistakes to avoid. These are things you should be noticing and correcting as you practice. The more you practice, the less you will notice mistakes and the better your movements will get. If you look at sport fighters and how they train, they spend a lot of time working on movements because it really does help in how they perform. This statement might seem out of place with the podcast I just did regarding kata, which is entirely movement practice. Practicing movement is of benefit, as long as you realize that that is not all there is to martial arts training. I find that practicing footwork movement, particularly steps and turns, to be extremely helpful. Once that starts going well, I start practicing sequences of two steps and then three. Here's where you really need to diverge from kata training, which always uses the same sequence. Instead, put the steps and turns together into varied combinations. Sometimes do the same steps or turns in a row. This is how fighters and sport athletes train, and it is very productive. Probably the best way to do this, which has the least impact on your daily life, is to work these movements into your normal day. Instead of trying to take extra time out of your day, do a few reps of your movements or turns as you find yourself alone for a minute or two. It's also useful to work these movements into how you normally walk. Remember, what you're learning about moving your body will and should affect how you move all the time. It isn't something you switch on when you need it. As your body learns how to move with better posture and structure and more power, 
it will start moving like that all the time. The more comfortable you get with the turning, the more you will see that come out in your everyday movements. Take your movement beyond the dojo and learn to move better all the time. This is probably the single best way to integrate your Aikido training to the moving you do every day. If you have a mind to do this, you will notice significant improvement in your movement. You will be practicing Aikido, or at least an important aspect of Aikido, on a daily basis. Think of keeping a strong posture and making your steps and turns stable and solid. One recommendation I've heard instructors offer is for students to practice weapon katas at home. Any movement practice is better than no practice. Doing this will help you hone your movement and get more comfortable with memorizing the sequence as well as handling the weapon. I find katas get boring rather quickly, but they can be helpful when you are really eager to practice and have no one to work with. Granted, even alone you can come up with ways which address the things which katas lack, but katas can provide some benefit. Just don't let yourself go crazy with them. There is a recommendation that most Aikido instructors tend to overlook, and that is conditioning. If there was one martial art that seemed to dismiss the concept of conditioning, it is Aikido. I think a main reason is the idea that Aikido doesn't require strength to work. The concept that you are using your attacker's strength against them has been taken to an absurd degree. So much so that people believe they should never use strength at all, and therefore don't need to be strong or fit. This belief limits what you can do and promotes poor general health. You require strength just to move your body. If your body is underpowered, it will not move well. If you want to move quickly, that requires even more strength. What martial artist would want to be limited by being slow? If we look to the past, both Morohaya Ueshiba and Sakaku Takeda were absurdly strong. Even in Ueshiba's declining years, he was known for his unusual strength. Many believe this was due to correct alignment alone. It takes strength to establish and maintain good alignment. It just doesn't take as much strength as it does being in poor alignment. That said, good alignment and posture is no excuse for being weak of body. Any physician or chiropractor will tell you that a strong musculature is crucial to your health. Overlooking exercise and conditioning is a huge mistake for anyone, much less a martial artist. You don't have to go crazy with exercise to get a fit and strong body. But just like your training, it's something that you need to do regularly and keep up with. This is something which must complement your martial arts training that you can and should do in your own time. Some believe that martial arts training itself will be their conditioning. And yes, class time will act as conditioning to a degree. Just getting up repeatedly for an hour or more is fairly decent exercise. Add rolling to that and it's a pretty good core exercise. Good conditioning needs more than that though. Going into details about what your conditioning should consist of is beyond the scope of this podcast, but I very much encourage you to think about devoting 15 to 30 minutes every other day to conditioning work. You don't have to turn into a gym rat or change your entire life around to make some remarkable improvements to your strength and fitness. There are a lot of things you can do at home with little or no equipment to improve your conditioning. Your Aikido will benefit a great deal from having a strong and fit body. The reason I say that you should do conditioning at home is that conditioning is personal to you. Class time, for most of us at least, is precious. It should be reserved for what we can only do in the dojo, which is practice our Aikido. For every minute of class which is devoted to conditioning is a minute which is not training Aikido. It is a far better use of everyone's time to do conditioning on your own time and save the martial arts practice for the mat. One last thing about conditioning, and that is rest. Even if you are doing moderate conditioning, consider that your body needs time to rest. Even a class will be physically taxing. 
I would recommend against doing conditioning immediately before or after Aikido class. Let your body rest a day to rebuild. That's what conditioning is, a constant cycle of working the body and then letting it rebuild stronger. Working the body when it's already exhausted will not provide much benefit and increase the risk of injury. The last recommendation I have for practicing Aikido outside of class is visualization. Years ago, I read about a study where athletes were tested on their improvement merely by visualizing themselves performing. The test was on basketball free throws. The study showed three groups of athletes. Each were initially tested on their ability to successfully shoot free throws. The first group practiced a prescribed amount for a period of time, a few weeks or so, I think. The second group didn't practice at all. The third group didn't practice, but regularly visualized themselves shooting successful free throws. At the end of the test period, they were all tested again to see if there was any change in their ability to throw successful free throws. The first group showed notable improvement, and the second group showed no difference. The third group showed about the same improvement as the first group. The conclusion was that visualization is a useful method for improving performance. I don't think it's a substitute for training, but when you cannot train, visualization is a way to help build your skills. At very least, you are making some progress, which is far better than doing nothing while you wait around to train again. I find I get a great deal out of visualization, although I don't know how to quantify it. If this approach sounds odd to you, I don't blame you one bit. Just give it a try for a while and see what you think. You might find it useful. As you can see, there are many ways to add to your Aikido training outside of class. What do you think? Please share your ideas of how to make more of in-between class times in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There's a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.